if you're too stressed, you can't orgasm. And so, you guys, why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we running around so stressed about everything instead of enjoying things in the right now? And the good news is there's simple solutions: exercise every day, meditate, do yoga, so that you're prepared to give your partner your all. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakhiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. We don't talk too much about meditation and sex in the same sentence or the same conversation, because I think that secretly we think, well, I shouldn't be thinking about sex if I'm meditating. The mind thinks involuntarily, just like the heart beats involuntarily. And so, judging ourselves at how good we are at meditation based on how good we are at stopping our minds from thinking is always going to make us feel like we're failing, and then we're going to stop. So if we think secretly that we're not supposed to be thinking, then certainly we shouldn't be thinking about sex, right? And if we're in our meditation, we're thinking about sex, or even getting aroused, like, uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble, right? Because we sort of have deified this meditation practice. We think that it should be like holy, and if I'm meditating, I'm just thinking about like monks or enlightenment or robes or caves or something. And I don't really know how you think about enlightenment. I think enlightenment happens as a byproduct of you getting rid of stress in your body and coming back to your true, authentic, full potential. So there's actually in India there's two sort of branches of meditation. There's a style of meditation that was made for monks, and there was a style of meditation that was made for people like us, people with busy minds and busy lives. I'm assuming that there's no monks in the audience. Maybe there are. <laughs> um, there's that laugh again. We could play like a drinking game. Every time I laugh at my own jokes, you guys can take a shot. <laughs> I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> Oh yeah. So um, thanks. Let's give it up for my cackle, you guys. <laughs> so in India, there's basically two branches of meditation. Obviously, there's thousands of different styles, but they sort of come from either a style that was made for monks or a style that was made for what we call householders. This was news to me when I first started learning about meditation because I thought, well, whatever monks are practicing, it must be like super powerful. They must be like vibrating or levitating or something because they're monks. But actually, it's the other way around. If you have a job and kids and stuff to do, you have less time in your day with which to meditate. So you actually need to get in and really clean house, so that when you come out of that meditation, you have more bliss, fulfillment, joy to give to the people, places, and things around you. Versus if you're a monk, that is your contribution to society. You're meditating all day, so you can afford to do something that's a little bit more gentle. So if you're a householder, meaning that you like live in a house and want to have kids and like having sex and stuff, then there's no reason that you can't think about sex. When you're meditating, <laughs> or that we can't use meditation to make your sex better. So I am going to talk about the science behind, you know, why meditation can help us in bed. But first, I want to talk about relationships. You guys, are like, I did not get up this early to talk about relationships. Let's get to the good stuff. But let's think about relationships. I believe that relationships exist for two reasons: one, to teach us our lessons, and two, to be an outlet for our fulfillment. So I think in the West we've sort of given、uh, relationships this thing of like, well, if I get married and if we have kids and if we have a house with a white picket fence, then I won. Then that was a successful relationship. But I want you to think back to the relationships in your lives, and my hypothesis is that you've had lots of successful relationships, even if you're not still with this person. I really believe that each new person, each new relationship—it's like a new syllabus. It's like a new grade in school, and if you learn the lesson, then you get to uplevel to a new grade. To a new lesson, you keep just attracting more and more beautiful people into your life. 
So that's thing one. Relationships exist to teach us our lessons. Thing two is that I believe that relationships are an outlet for our fulfillment. They are not a place that we can go to fill ourselves up. And secretly, we know this, but Hollywood has sort of screwed us on this one a little bit with three little words: "You complete me." You don't complete me. You can't complete me. If I am 80% fulfilled and I go into a relationship looking for the other 20%, I am always going to be disappointed. Because guess what, you guys? Your bliss lives in one place, and that is inside of you, and it exists in one time, and that is right now. And if you don't have the ability to experience that bliss and fulfillment inside of you and right now, it's not going to happen on the other side of some magical person. It is not going to happen on the other side of some knight in shining armor. Or the hottest lady in the room. It doesn't matter how amazing that partner is. And then what happens is we have this "I'll be happy when" syndrome. I'll be happy when I'm in this relationship. I'll be happy when my partner starts going to therapy. I'll be happy when my partner starts meditating, right? And then we're in this where I'm 80% fulfilled. I'm doing really good. I'm proud of my 80%, but I'm secretly pissed at you because you haven't given me that other 20%. So you know what? I'll be happy as soon as I get rid of this ding dong head. <laughs> Let me get rid of this guy, and then I'll be happy. Right, but it doesn't work that way. And what meditation does is that it gives us access to this limitless source of bliss and fulfillment and adaptation energy. And if you have the means by which to fill yourself up, 100% fulfillment happening right here inside of you, then your relationships become an outlet for that fulfillment. And that is a beautiful way to go through your relationships. Then it starts this sort of paradoxical reciprocal upward spiral. You guys are like, yeah, yeah, I get it. When does the sex start? <laughs> So, ladies, I have a question for you. When was the last time you hooked up with somebody, and then the next day you called your friend and you were like, "Girl, last night I had the most amazing sex with this guy. He looked way older than his age, and he had this slamming potbelly, and he was so distracted the whole time." <laughs> My guess is that that has never happened. <laughs> and gentlemen, now I have a question for you. When is the last time you said, "Oh, dude"? I hooked up with this girl last night, and it was so hot. She was incredibly nervous, intense, and self-conscious about her body, and she was checking out her cellulite in the mirror all night. <laughs> like that has never happened, <laughs> right? We don't. This stress thing is robbing us from our full performance capabilities, not only in work but also in the bedroom. Because guess what happens when you get stressed? When you get stressed, your body starts preparing for a predatory attack. So your body launches into this series of chemical reactions. Your digestion shuts down. Your skin gets acidic. Your blood thickens and coagulates. Your vision goes like this. Your bladder and bowels evacuate, and your immune system goes to the back burner. Now, this series of chemical reactions is great for you if your demands are predatory attacks. But if you're about to get it on, you do not want to be having the nervous poos, you guys. <laughs> It's not a sexy time for that. <laughs> And so what we do when we meditate is we start to get rid of this stress in our nervous system, which allows us to be fully present when we go into any encounter, but certainly sex, because sex more than anything requires a present moment awareness. So what's the number one excuse, like you know the sort of stereotypical excuse that we give when we don't want to have sex? Tired, yeah, and like I can't tonight, honey. I have a headache. Right? We got tired and a headache. So, if meditation is giving you rest that is five times deeper than sleep, then when you come out of that meditation, you're going to be more awake. You're going to have more energy to get it on. You're going to be able to afford a little less sleep because you meditated that day, so you're ready to rock. Headaches. Meditation cures 90% of migraines if they're stress-related. 
Also, P.S. is a little extra bonus tip for you guys. If you do suffer from migraines, one of the only things that will stop it, if you catch it early on, is masturbation. <laughs> Why? Because when you orgasm, the vascular system in your brain expands and it allows blood to flow to your brain. So if you do suffer from migraines, A, meditate, and if that doesn't work, masturbate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks. Yes, let's hear it for masturbation, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, that's why I don't get headaches. <laughs> um, I sure do love you guys. <laughs> um, so the other thing that happens when we get stressed is that our body floods with adrenaline and cortisol. And guess what happens when your body has a ton of cortisol? One, it starts storing fat. So like this whole belly fat thing, your body is preparing for like some sort of an emergency, so it starts hunkering down for the winter. The other thing that happens when you have cortisol is it will cause erectile dysfunction. And it also, if women have a certain level of cortisol in their body, they are physically incapable of orgasming. So this is not like just a hippy-dippy, like, oh, if you meditate, you'll be more present and you'll have like, you'll see each other's chakras and things. It's like, no, if you're too stressed, you can't orgasm. And so, you guys, why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we running around so stressed about everything instead of enjoying things in the right now? And the good news is there's simple solutions. Exercise every day, meditate, do yoga, so that you're prepared to give your partner your all. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider joining Mindvalley All Access. Now you can sign up to Mindvalley All Access and unlock every Mindvalley program instantly. Get access to transformation from all of the world's best minds in everything from parenting to biohacking to mind, body, spirit, entrepreneurship, work productivity. Learn from the likes of Ben Greenfield, Jim Quick, Shafali Sabari, Stephen Kotler, and more. All available to you for less than $2 a day. Simply visit mindvalley.com forward slash now. That's mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. And you'll be surprised to see that Mindvalley All Access now comes with advanced technologies to completely transform your learning, your networks, and your human connections, including our new private social network for students, Connections by Mindvalley, and our Altered State Inducement app, Ombana, which complements our regular training with Altered State methodologies to transform you at a subconscious level. Check it all out on mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. Mindvalley.com forward slash now. And then finally, orgasming. <laughs> orgasming is one of the things that can only happen in the right here and in the right now. You're never going to have an orgasm in the future. You're never going to have an orgasm in the past. It is the only thing that happens right here, right now, just like bliss and fulfillment. And as I said yesterday, ziva is a Sanskrit word that means bliss. It's also a word that means radiance or kindness. And the more you start meditating, the more you start to access this bliss inside of you, and then you have more of it to give to your partner, to your fulfillment. And then it starts this beautiful reciprocal upward spiral of the more you give, the more you get. And then finally, and this is the most fascinating thing that happens in meditation, is that it starts to increase something called mirror neurons. Has anyone here heard of mirror neurons? It's a relatively recent discovery, but they're saying that mirror neurons will do for psychology what DNA did for biology. So here's the uh, Broadway showgirl's description of mirror neurons. <laughs> I am not a neuroscientist, but I just pretend to be one sometimes. So mirror neurons, the way I understand them, it's like you have little boomerangs in your brain. 
Okay, and it's like these boomerangs go out and they interact with someone else's mirror neurons, and then they come back and they report that data into your brain. It's like you know your friend walks into a room and she's in a bad mood, and before she says anything, you're like, "Oh, honey, you can just feel that she's sad." That's mirror neurons. You know, you walk into a yoga studio and it feels really good. That's mirror neurons. And the more you meditate, the more you increase this mirror neural activity. So if I were to have like a knife up here and I were to slice my hand, you would go like, like it would hurt you a little bit. That's mirror neurons. Mirror neurons are the reason that porn is a multi-billion-dollar industry. We watch someone else having pleasure, and it gives us pleasure. So if you start meditating, you start increasing these mirror neurons in your brain. You're actually going to get more pleasure from watching your partner have pleasure, which is going to make you a more generous lover. And we get what we give. The more you give something, the more you receive it. And so it really starts to create this beautiful flow and spiral. So I think that's plenty of talking about meditation. Why don't we try a little something? You guys ready to try a little something? Great. <laughs> I'm going to pull over my chair. So I want to teach you guys something called "Come to Your Senses," and <laughs> you guys, C O M E. <laughs> C-O-M-E, everyone. Come to your senses. And this is a very simple but very powerful technique. And you could actually, you could practice this eyes open, but to start, I want us to try it eyes closed. So we're going to start with a balancing breath, just to sort of prepare us. So if you don't have a chair, I'd love for you to be in a chair, just back supported, head free. And everyone, take your right hand and close your right nostril, and exhale through your left nostril. Really good. And now inhale through the left. And then close your left nostril with your ring finger and exhale through the right. Beautiful. And inhale through the right. And then closing your right nostril, exhaling on the left. And inhaling on the left, and you can start to do this in your own time. This is the pattern: out through the left, in through the left, and out through the right, in through the right. And what I want you to do is start to enjoy filling your lungs up to their full capacity. And then when you come to that full capacity, allow yourself to float there at the top, and then just let that air fall out of your lungs. And then you can switch to the other side and let yourself float at the bottom of that exhale, and allow that air to fall into your lungs. And now I want you to imagine, as you're doing this, with each inhale, that this breath is coming up through the base of your spine, traveling up your spine, and then with each exhale, you send this breath and you send this energy out through the middle of your forehead. So we're actually starting to wake up this sexual energy. We're starting to wake up this creative energy that's located in the base of our spine, and we start to send it out into the land. Because creative energy and sexual energy are the same thing. This is why we all get so creative after a breakup. So just enjoying this in your own time, really filling your lungs to their full capacity, and exhaling all the way to empty. Enjoying this imaginary cycle of breath coming up through the base of the spine, traveling up the spine, and then sending this breath and this energy out through the middle of your forehead. And you can do this a few more times in your own cycle. Really good. And the next time you come to an exhale on the left, you can keep your eyes closed and drop your hands into your lap. 
And I'm going to walk you through this visualization called Come to Your Senses. And we're really going to be waking up our five senses because this is the way that we experience life right now, through our five senses. So just really easily. Now we can bring our breath back to gentle, easy. We don't have to force it. We don't have to push it. We're just allowing the breath to easily flow in and out. So on your next inhale, I want you to hear what you're hearing. Just keeping the eyes closed and waking up your sense of hearing. And I want you to notice the most prominent sound you can detect. For most of us, it'll be my voice or this music that's playing, but just hearing the most prominent sound happening in the room. And on your next inhale, I want you to notice the most subtle sound you can detect. Maybe we'll just turn down the music a little bit. So we're listening for the most subtle sound. It might be the sound of your own breath. It might be a faraway sound. Really good. And on your next inhale, I want you to bring your awareness to your sense of touch, to your tactile sensation, and notice the most prevalent tactile sensation happening in your body right now. For most of us, it'll be our bums in the chair, or maybe you're having a pain in your knee, or your heart is racing, but just noticing the most prevalent tactile sensation right now. Beautiful. And on your next inhale, let's move to the most subtle. So just noticing the most subtle sense of touch. It might be the the feeling of the breath coming in and out of your nose. It might be the hair against the back of your neck. It might be the air conditioning gently floating against your skin. Just noticing the most subtle tactile sensation. Really good. And now, even with your eyes closed, I want you to move your awareness to your sense of sight. Just really see what you're seeing. With your eyes closed, it might simply be blackness. Or you might see the light coming in through the tops of your eyelids, or you might see cells dancing in front of your eyes. Just see what you're seeing. Really good. And now on your next breath, we'll move our awareness to our sense of taste. So even though you're not eating anything right now, there's always some sort of a taste happening in the mouth. So just notice, is your mouth acidic? Is it dry? Can you taste your toothpaste or your coffee? Just tasting the most prevalent taste sensation. And on your next inhale, we're going to move to the most subtle. Really good. And now on your next inhale, I want you to smell what you're smelling. Noticing the most prominent smell happening in the room right now. It might be the smell of your own hairspray or your neighbor's cologne. Just enjoying whatever smell is happening right now, the most prominent smell. And then on your next inhale, we're going to switch our awareness to the most subtle. God is in the details. So we're starting to tune our awareness to those subtle differences. How does this room smell different? than my hotel room? How does this room smell different than my office? Maybe it's the absence of smell. Really beautiful. And on your next inhale, I want you to simultaneously wake up all five of your senses. So you're waking up your sense of hearing, your sense of touch, your sense of sight, your sense of taste, and your sense of smell all at the same time. The beautiful thing that starts to happen is that as we wake up our five senses, we actually wake up our sixth sense. 
It's through our five senses that we actually experience our intuition. So just enjoying the simultaneity of consciousness, hearing what you're hearing, feeling what you're feeling, seeing what you're seeing, tasting what you're tasting, and smelling what you're smelling. This is a simple exercise, but what happens when we do this is that we jettison ourselves into our right brain and therefore into the right now. And if you can get yourself into the right now, the truth is you're fine. You have a place to sleep, you have food to eat, you are currently drowning in abundance. You have people who love you, you have infinite creative potential. Just enjoying that five sensory experience. And keeping your eyes closed, I want you to breathe in the word let and breathe out the word go. Again, breathing in the word let and breathing out the word go. Giving over to this beautiful, powerful surrender. Reminding yourself that surrendering does not mean giving up. It means surrendering to something that is infinitely smarter than you, and more powerful than you, which is nature, your intuition, which we access through our five senses. And now with the eyes closed, I think it's always powerful to move into gratitude before we move out of a meditation. So taking a moment to think of five things that you're most grateful for in this moment, right now. Be as simple as air to breathe, food to eat, people who love you, the incredible people that you've met, the teachers that you've had in your life. Whatever it is for you, just giving thanks. Again, it's a simple exercise, but it's incredibly powerful. It starts to retrain our brain to look for what's going right. And what we put our attention on grows. And taking a nice deep inhale, breathing life and energy and present moment awareness and sexiness into your body, letting that sexiness vibrate through your whole being, through every cell of your body, reminding yourself that you are fulfillment looking for need, not the other way around. You are not neediness looking for fulfillment anymore. You are fulfillment looking for need. And just letting that fulfillment and that bliss, that radiance and that sexiness vibrate through every cell in your body. And in your own time, whenever you're ready, we can start to easily, gently open the eyes. I love you guys so much. <laughs> so this come to your senses thing, we just did it with our eyes closed, but I'm not kidding when I say that's something that you can do in your waking state. You're waiting in line at the post office, you're in a taxi cab and you're running late, or you're in the shower about to get it on with your partner. You can walk yourself through this come to your senses technique. It's simple, but it's incredibly powerful. You wake up your five senses, you jettison yourself into your right brain, into the right now and into your body. And the truth is, right now, it's all good. It is all good. So thank you guys for bravely going through that with me. Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast.
If you like the Mind Valley podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body, your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.